All right, are we ready? Heck yeah, y'all. Okay, let's do this. Hi, this is Rachel. Hey, this is Spencer. And you're listening to Neon Boots, the 90s country music podcast. Today, our guest is Saman Kujinian. Hello. Thanks for joining us and being our first season two guest. Happy to be here. We've been waiting to record this one for quite a while. Simon introduced us to, at least for me, what's become one of my favorite discoveries since doing this podcast. We'll get into the song specifically later. We did have a preview of this song on Dylan's episode. Right. Yeah, we did. But saved it for you. We did. I really appreciate it. (laughs) So, Simon, would you like to tell us a little bit about... What got you into nice country, your background in nice country, if it has any connection to, I guess I didn't mention your current project is T-Gold. Mm-hmm. You just put an album last month mm-hmm. or June? June. Okay, the two months June, ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I didn't really listen to any country music until a few years ago when I started touring with Mandolin Orange, which I'm not with them anymore, but I spent a good few years with them. They kind of opened the world up to me of country music and a friend of mine patrick terrell who is joseph terrell's brother right you guys know Mm -hmm. joseph yeah Yeah. he also kind of like started to open that world up for me so i really started digging and it was kind of like immediately diving in as soon as they introduced me to a few folks but as far as 90s country goes it kind of starts and ends with i'm so happy i can't stop crying (laughs) (laughs) which is the tune we're going to talk about so yeah. So, other country-wise, what did Mandolin Orange well, introduce you to? It's kind of the whole gamut with them. I mean, they would because you know you have long drives on the road, and everyone's mm-hmm. everyone takes turns DJing and whatnot. And so we were on the road at any time with five to eight people or something like that. And all of those guys are just like profound music listeners, and so mm-hmm. they would just you know tune after tune after tune. And funny enough, the thing that stuck most with me was Keith Whitley. <laughs> I really, okay. really enjoy that dude's yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, he's great. A lot, yeah. It's just something, it's like all of the like ambience of 80s music with some of that chorusy guitar kind of stuff, all yeah. like the 80s pop music and goth mm-hmm. music, but sort of in the vein of country music. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a really, really cool blend. Yeah. Really nice tones and honestly, like, super good songwriting too. Yeah. So what were you listening to before country music then? Uh, honestly, all kinds of stuff. Except country. Everything except country <laughs> rap, is that what you're saying? Uh, Such no, a stereotype right now. I actually, yeah, I hate to say this. I want to say that I'm an exception to that rule because growing up in Miami, it was kind of like a country music desert. Mm-hmm. There was not really any. So, yes, kind of everything except right. country, but a lot of punk rock. To begin with, okay, like middle school to the end of high school, and that as was you actually, do, yeah, you know how it goes. Exactly, that's the period that everybody gets into punk rock. Yeah, actually. playing a lot of that music, listening to a lot of that music, like that shirt, by the way. Thank you. Whatever, you got a whatever shirt brain shirt on right now. Represent, and then it sort of opened my eyes more to like the world of folk music and stuff like that, and then got deep into the just basic indie craze. Like mm-hmm. Vampire Weekend, Fleet Foxes, that whole like aughts music. Right. Oh, and then got I started working with a guy named Thomas. We were working on a new record for him under the name Humanize. Right, right. And mm-hmm. he introduced me to a lot of just general eighties music and mm-hmm. all of those tones kinda like wrapped me up and I started to get deep into that big sort of arena sound. Humanize is really electronic, right? Uh, uh, it's just really eighties it, sounding to okay. me. Yeah. It was not as electronic as it has become. Okay. Yeah. It used to be more of just kind of like a full full band sort of like 80s in 
influenced mm-hmm. thing. Thomas is the songwriter. And uh, then when I started working with him, we started doing more like sequenced drums and stuff like that. And then for a long time, I was listening to mostly electronic music mm-hmm. and like synthesizer music. And there was a brief period where I was only listening to like Tangerine Dream and 70s and 80s, yeah. like mm-hmm. expansive shit like that. But I don't know if we can curse on this podcast. You can yeah, absolutely can curse. You can curse all you want. I was, like, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to throw a cuss word in there. All you fucking want. <laughs> the worst that will happen is this. Mine or Spencer's yeah. mom will text us and be like, you said the F word too many times on that episode. That's a risk worth taking. It, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, and really, I, I would say like my bend towards country music and real, you know, like actually diving into folk music and the history of that kind of like American vein started when I was on the road with Madeline Orange. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that you commented that the folks in the van were all like music files. They listened to a lot of different stuff, but mm-hmm. 90s country music was not one that well, really I think popped it, up. I think it was ultimately, but at the time it didn't really like... It wasn't the stuff that really sat with me to begin with okay. until I kind of stopped being on the road with them and then revisiting a lot. Like, I'd write down everything that they were listening to and whatnot and then revisiting and be like, oh, man, there's some bangers from this era. Right. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's just like the thing that sat with me the most profoundly is the sting tune. <laughs> do we want to talk about that? Now? Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> okay. So the tune is, I'm so happy I can't stop crying. By Sting. By Sting. Who is really? not someone we expected to talk about ever on this podcast. I don't know enough of his catalog to say for sure whether it's his only, like, country tune. Wikipedia says It's the only one that right. charted. It's the yeah. only charting yeah. country yeah. tune. It's, a, it's his only country hit. Basically. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Funny to say that. Yeah. Let's dive in. So I, I heard yeah. that Joe told me that he thinks he's responsible for introducing you to this tune. Joe Terrell? Yeah. Interesting. Either he or his brother, I can't remember, but somehow the Terrells, I, I think, was, yeah, I were think involved, and so he's a little bit jealous that you were going to talk about this. Oh, that's funny. I always thought it was Patrick, just because Patrick has a history of introducing me to the music that I end up just adoring yeah. over time, but it very well could have been Joe. Thanks, Joe. But, I don't get it. But, I, I mean, about this song. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get why Joe loves it. I don't get why Dylan loves it. I fucking I don't love get it. Why y'all? I love it. Love Maybe it. it's a so dude. The first, so you don't like the t- <laughs> the first. One. I'm not. I don't love it. Okay, sure. I, I don't. Sure, sure, I don't sure. have the level of adoration for it that all of you seem to have. Here's what I'll say. For, for, <laughs> first and foremost, I don't know if this is what they had in mind when they made this tune, but. I think this tune takes a lot of risks. I mean, it as, takes a lot of cool risks. It does, yeah. And yes. some of them land. Not mm-hmm. all of them. But yeah. we'll be very clear. Not every move that they made in that tune is very tasteful. Oh, every move you make? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe you only make some of your moves. I mean, but. I'll be honest at first. So, Saman sent me this video and the like thumbnail when you send it from YouTube. <laughs> it's just Sting with this ridiculous haircut. Or, and I it's was like, mohawk. I think my response yeah. was like, what the fuck is going on with him? <laughs> and like, that's ridiculous. If you're right, no, just, just watch it. Like, yeah. that's not the ridiculous part. Mm-hmm. And the music video is insane. That yeah. was what initially got me is because I just kept watching this music video. But then like the song, <laughs> like I'll listen to the song now, not actually watching the video anymore because it gets, at least it's stuck in my head. I don't know if it, do, it is. It I should say warm. I mm-hmm. particularly like the song, but I appreciate it a lot and it gets stuck in my head. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an earworm and I actually like the two, you know. So I wonder, and we kind of talked about this on Dylan's episode a little bit. I actually remember this song and the video from whenever it came out. And so I wonder if it just, yeah, I wonder if it just 
doesn't have that shine for me because mm. I've kind of been there, done that, and I mm. thought it was dumb in 96, <laughs> and I'm still just not sure about it now. That, that's an interesting point, you know? Maybe in that context of the other stuff that was coming out in the 90s, maybe right. it was just, like, only stupid. I think It know? was, like, just too weird and too yeah. dumb. Yeah. And I, and I, I, do, I do think that if I were to come into it now, that I would be like, this is weird and cool, huh. but in 96, to a, a middle schooler, this is weird and not cool. Hmm. So, also, it was Sting, and I'm like, this is what my mom listens to. Why do I want to listen? <sighs> I know. That, it's... He doesn't make it easy to take him seriously, even in right. this tune. I mean, no matter what he's doing. Especially in this tune. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah like, especially in this And, like, if right. you watch the video, it's like, you can't take any of it seriously. But then, like, the song is a serious song. I know. But that's the thing that like, doesn't make the any sense. The song is sense. kind of a downer. The, well, yes. It's and also, like, the concept behind the tune is really heavy, but some of the words he uses and, like, the way he conveys these ideas are actually really dumb and, like, not poetic. They're not, like, well, you know, it's not a beautiful way that- of so I, whenever I was listening to the song again today, I was listening to the lyrics a little more closely, and I was like, this is a country song for that reason, because mm. it's a really heavy thing, but it's done in kind of a playful and silly way, which we've talked about. You see a lot in 90s country. <laughs> and I listened to it, and I was like, just the lyrics alone is why it's a country song. And on the Wikipedia page, it also acknowledges that, that he wrote it first, and then... Was That's like right. shit. That's this is right. a country song, so I guess I should kept put a, pushing him towards yeah. making. I guess it I need to tune. put a fucking pedal steel on it right. and just go and, all and in. Some telly licks, <laughs> just some double stops, and then the yeah, music the video thing. we can have the alien playing the yeah, <laughs> pedal steel. Sure, that's why not? Pickup truck landing at the general store. Do. It's got all the tropes of country right. music in it. So, yeah, I don't know if we should talk about the video first or the song. So the video, if you haven't seen it. Stop, like, even if you don't finish listening to this podcast, just stop listening to this and go watch the video. It's true, if there's one thing you take away from this. Yeah, you probably aren't listening to anything we ever suggest you do, but definitely do that. It's insane. Um, <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. I mean, even by, like, modern standards. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, it's still just a bananas video. Right. <laughs> Did you look up to see how much that video cost to produce? I couldn't find it, no. but I know it was, like, mid-90s, they figure out things they could do with, like, editing software. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, with everything. Mm-hmm. So, like... I guess the first weird thing in the video, right, is when the rancher is, like, lassoing on a spaceship, right? So you see him, but then you see that, like, he's floating in midair on a spaceship, which is the first kind of inkling that (laughs) things are not as they might seem. And then, I think this is true, our first glimpse of Sting at all in the video, he's on a cow. But the cow is like translucent, right? Yes. And it's like, yes. There's like it's like a mer- mercury type, yeah. He's, he's which like is a the, galaxy. which is the same <laughs> thing that's going on with like the UFO, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. everything's got this kind of like shimmer to it, including the gate that the cows pass through that turns mm-hmm. them into like blocks. Oh, that's the butcher scene, right? Where right. the cows are being turned into right. hamburgers, basically. Yeah, basically. but they're like blocks. Yeah. They're like yeah. nondescript things. <laughs> There's a fine pickup truck that goes down to like this old timey looking Main Street. Mm-hmm. But I think other than the gate, the gate that turns on the blocks, I really love that. The the barn dance scene has to be the highlight. I think the other thing is the that there's dance. nobody nobody in the video seems perturbed by the fact that these like cowboy aliens are yeah, right. Just, they're just lying dancing right next 100%, to the aliens. 100%. Yeah. And like when the flying pickup truck goes to the general, it just you know right, it parks itself right next to some other truck, and the guys a normal <laughs> truck. Yeah. They're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. So did the, the director or whoever came up with this video. 
was he like trying to make some really deep message or did he just get oh, really man, fucking director. stoned? The director. Oh yeah. I just learned about to... him today. <laughs> you knew this already. Right. So his first name is <laughs> not his given name, but he goes by LOL, LOL. LOL Cream. Right. Which is perfect for this video. It's like, I, I like yeah. clicked on to make sure it's actually a person and yeah. not just some Wikipedia Lol bullshit. He, so funny enough, LOL is actually shortened. He had a longer nickname. Lolgam or Lol Lolagon was his nickname. And That's uh, not a fucking nickname. It, hey, it's, it's Lolagon. <laughs> and that is, if you don't know, Lolagon Cream, <laughs> aka Lol Cream, is one of the founding members of the band 10CC, which I found out about today. And they're kind of a weird band. Kind of like an art rock right. 80s sort of band. So, so it could, all makes sense. I could yeah. see him and Sting get together and just like going for whatever weird shit they want to do. Yeah. And yeah. also like if Sting wants you to do a video and he's got weird ideas, what do, do you want? Yeah. Let me also... Oh man, you know what? Maybe I... I don't remember the tune, but there's another Sting video that's not a country tune, again, because this is Sting's only country hit. But uh, <laughs> there's a video where Sting... <laughs> Is basically playing the role of Jesus. God, I wish I could remember. I thought this, this would be surprising, but he's not. in like a molten rock kind of environment, maybe somewhere in a volcano or something, <laughs> and he's like hurting his masses and whatnot. And then it turns out the whole thing is like a Clorox commercial. So it's bonkers. Are you, are you looking this? Up? I'm trying. I'm okay, trying. I don't just, even know what, what keyword. Key, yeah, let's say what do you search well, for? Well, I did. I did <laughs> Sting this. video Jesus, and that came up some weird wrestling stuff. Okay. And now I'm it's, doing or also wrestling Sting stuff, Clorox, but I'm getting if not Jesus, stings. then maybe there's like a maybe like Sting the Prophet or something. There's some like really really blatant religious imagery. Okay. And Sting is just sort of like proselytizing to this group of people and then the whole thing is like an ad basically at the end. it's it's insane. is it brand new day why don't we watch slash listen to i'm so happy and then we can also look for that while we're doing okay that. sounds great, great. Idea. here we go Okay, so we watched part of the video again. I kind of forgot how to describe the scene where Sting launches into space and then like his legs kind of disappear and he goes shirtless, which I guess if I was like had that body when I was his age, I would want to be shirtless in my video too. Yeah, and then gets like a country western get up on. Well, he's, well, going, to the, he's going to the dance. Right, yeah. He's got, he's got to get gussied up. But <laughs> gussied up. that whole bridge is pretty weird besides the video. Like, even without that, when he is choosing stars and the first two people he chooses stars are for himself and him, but it's not really specific on him. Him, him is the new boyfriend. The stepdad. Which is very considerate and very understanding. But I mean, maybe also, it how all do you know? It's out. like Amelia's stepdad's involved. He's like just getting, as he says, a legal separation. Mm. Like he just got that. 
I mean, maybe there's another yeah. guy involved. Well, I mean, and saying, if, but... if it's in North Carolina, he has to wait a year before it can be a, a divorce anyway. So. Right. But he just got the legal separation, though. Yeah. So. Well, but maybe it was a man that tore them apart, and he realizes that it's better that they're separated, so he's thanking the man. Isn't that what he says at the end, though, right? Yeah. That the kid should be with his mother? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just thinking about this dude. <laughs> Who's this other dude? You know what? This hmm. this whole part reminds me of our episode that we did with Mike and Lydia where we talked about that awful Toby Keith song where he's stalking out his ex-wife and her new man. Is this the transition into Toby Keith doing a version of the song? Oh, no, I didn't intend. I did not yet. intend for it to be, but that was pretty God, perfect. Well, well, well. <laughs> Pat myself on the back for that one. <laughs> wow. Kind of serve this tune. I tried. <laughs> so, Toby Keith did a version of the song. As you just heard. <laughs> a year later, right? Yeah, I believe it was a year later. So I dug up a story <laughs> from Atlanta. Thank you, Wake County Public Library, for letting me access a 20-year-old newspaper. <laughs> Basically, Sting told him that if he wanted to record the song, like, Sting would let him record the song if he could play bass on it and sing on it. And then they did the song and sent a Sting in England and he was like are you sure you want me to play bass on it and Toby Keith was like well that's the whole point of like why we decided to do this in the first place Mm -hmm. so I would suggest looking up the video of them doing it on I think the CMA Awards they do it together and Sting's like I'm playing in a country band tonight outfit is like fantastic (laughs) so we'll have to post a picture on social media yeah screenshot it it is great but basically it sounded like he was sad that the song didn't do better on his album and so he wanted to have like another life and so he I think Toby Keith reached out to him not vice versa but mm-hmm. still was like interested in that happening he and believed in the tune I think that's really cool yeah. well but I, I mean and I think we mentioned this on Dylan's episode this is also I think Sting's MO is he puts together really great songs that people want to cover and he says okay but you have to let me on <laughs> I mean the same thing <laughs> happened with Every Breath You Take right. with P. Diddy so, uh, so speaking of uh, in this story I don't know if y'all remember this quote where Toby Keith said he used to play Every Breath You Take oh, yeah, when he was, like, right. starting out, which, like, I just can't imagine that. <laughs> oh, oh he would cover it when yeah, he was yeah, playing yeah, bars yeah, and stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. But, yeah, so it did become a much bigger hit on the country charts. It was number two on the U.S. country charts and After slightly Toby higher. Keith covered it? Right, Toby mm-hmm. Keith's cover. See, the interesting the thing version. is, I don't remember the Toby Keith version. Mm-hmm. I just remember... The original Sting version. Interesting. Maybe because just the video just stuck out in my brain because it was so ridiculous. Oh, that's right. You saw the video when it came mm-hmm. out. Uh, Probably on VH1. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't. Right. Mid nineties. Yeah. yeah. I don't like the Toby Keith version as much. I Maybe don't it's because it was the second one to come to me, yeah. but I just. Also, there's not really a good video. <laughs> yeah. It, so. Also, I just <laughs> watch a picture of him, his face on YouTube, if I want to watch that, or the live version. Right. But yeah, like, I think what you were saying, too, like, Sting seems to do kind of whatever he wants. Oh, a little yeah. bit like when we were talking about Katie Lang, like, genre-wise, he <laughs> just is like, I'll do whatever. and make it work and Mm -hmm. I don't really care. I mean, I'd forgotten until researching this episode that he and Shaggy did an album together. What? (laughs) Oh, I did not Uh, know that. Yes. So, most important from research about that album (laughs) is that they performed (laughs) for the Queen. Oh. Shaggy and Sting, which I just, I need to like Google image search that because I can't imagine happening 
You're surprised at Sting performing for the Queen? No, like the, I, that the, seems no, no, no yeah. yeah. Shaggy but showing Shaggy, up with that. Yeah. And then, yeah, like... Incredible. I hope... The entire record did it. Yeah. Wow. And I hope he did, like, some Shaggy solo stuff. Like, he did... It wasn't me <laughs> it for wasn't the Queen. It was <laughs> 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 like, sorry, you're singing for the Queen. It wasn't me. It wasn't <laughs> me. Like, he, he, like, oh improv some stuff to that. Oh. I can see her getting down to that. So, I listened to this entire Sting album because I was like, maybe it was a whole country concept album. And it is not. There's nope. only really one other song on the album that is kind of country-ish. And that's the last song, Lithium Sunset. Which I don't know if you guys listen to that. But it sounds more like Sting covering Bob Dylan covering a country song. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, that's, the, okay. that's kind of what I took away from it. Yeah. But there was a song from that album. And I don't, I don't know how to say it. Valparaiso is a city... Either mm-hmm. in Chile, I, I don't know if it's in Chile or Indiana. There's a city in both ones, so I don't know what which one Sting was <laughs> singing about. But it's in the closing credits of the 1996 film White Squall, which stars oh, yeah. Jeff Bridges, uh-huh. which caused me to go down a whole deep <laughs> Jeff Bridges hole because he is much more of a country singer than Sting will ever be. It's true. Have y'all seen the Crazy Heart mm-hmm. uh-uh. movie? No. Um, yeah. Not since it came out, but yeah. Yeah, so he basically plays a kind of washed-up musician that is older and still touring by himself in an old Suburban, playing shitty bars, Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. trying to make that living. But it was produced by T-Bone Burnett, who also Uh, did Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. Just music-wise, Just music-wise. But he brought on another guy... And I don't know how to say his last name, Stephen Brutton, Bruton, mm. who ended up dying a few months after the movie's release because he had cancer. But that guy was an amazing songwriter, had songs that Chris Christopherson did, like just very much more country than Sting could ever be. So <laughs> I really enjoyed going down that. Now, I think that album was kind of like what broke Ryan Bingham's career, too, or that soundtrack, mm-hmm. right? Cool. Well, I recently saw the stupid movie with Lady Gaga and uh, uh, Stars Born. Yeah, and there seems some similarities. It's like Stars Born wants to be Crazy Heart a little bit. We got to see Crazy Heart. Yeah, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere. <laughs> it definitely is because I only saw it recently on Netflix or something. Uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I listened to that whole Sting album and didn't enjoy it. But I realized, like, as I was thinking about this, I don't think I really like Sting's music a whole lot. Yeah, I would say it's not easy to get into. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I think a lot of the songs I know of his, especially solo stuff and even some of the police stuff, I heard it first through covers. Mm -hmm. And so partly prefer those versions because probably artists I liked in the first place playing them. He's so all over the place with his solo stuff. And like you were saying, has some of that, like, adult contemporary stuff that I know mm-hmm. you love and <laughs> like the police like music I just it's like so like moody sometimes I don't know that's the word for it but like slow too like Message of Ball is, is cool and like mm-hmm. I mean there's definitely some songs I like but just not one of those bands I'm really that into I mean he's uh, a great songwriter he's one of those oh god people on the podcast are gonna hate me for this but <laughs> Um, I feel this way about Bruce Springsteen. I love his music. I do not like Bruce Springsteen. But every Springsteen cover that I've ever heard, I've loved. I just 
It's his voice. Uh, interesting. It's mm-hmm. his voice. It's, and it's like, I feel the same way about Dylan. I cannot listen yeah, to Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah. But anytime I hear a cover, I love. I kind of feel the same way about Bob Dylan. I've had a hard time connecting with people on that point. But it's and like, people, I, don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. No, like, me neither. Like, ah, I mean, know? like, musical genius, like, songwriting wise, mm-hmm. but just don't sing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, there are plenty of well, people playing Dylan tunes out there. Yeah, so, yeah. we're, yeah, like we're making songs, so many come. enemies right now. I I <laughs> don't have that problem with Bob Dylan's songs. Like, I don't think he's a great singer by any means, but I think it fits the songs a lot of times, mm-hmm. and also such good songs. Mm-hmm. Seeing him live was not the best choice I ever made. Well, you, see, but you saw him very recently. Um, not really recently, but yeah. it was one of the uh, you know his shows notoriously have their ups and downs, and yeah. I definitely saw a down show. And, Man, that's too bad. Uh, I, but, I heard a crazy fact about a Bob Dylan show once. I haven't seen him live, but I heard that a friend of mine saw him at the Beacon Theater and said that between every tune, they would just play minutes of noise. Like, not not anything like grading, but the band would just, like, be playing. And he ended up asking somebody why that was, and mm-hmm. somebody said it's so that the audience doesn't call out tunes. Because uh... they don't, like, they're not trying to hear, you know, however many thousands of people yell, yeah, like, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Dameron, man, right. or something. And so they just wash it out with... Interesting. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah, all my adoring fans. Yeah. They, won't, they won't be able to call out my tunes anymore. <laughs> yeah. From your deep catalog <laughs> that you got to pull from. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Springsteen 2 has never been an artist that I've been like big on. But when I listen to a song that's one of his, then go and listen to his, I still like it. For Sting's, a lot of times I'm like, eh, I don't really yeah. need the original. I mean, I was trying to think a lot of the like first ones I heard that are like deeper cuts, not like police grace hits. Walking Your Footsteps, a band called Acoustic Syndicate used to cover that a lot, and I heard it from them first. And The Ducks covered, I think it's a Sting solo song, Love is the Seventh Wave. And I know I'm outing myself with all this like fake hippie bullshit I listened to like in high school. Uh, OAR, they used to do So Lonely a lot, <laughs> tagged on some songs. And then on the way over, I was listening to to make myself sound really cool about my... You, we all know your lame spits. Yeah, so I know. Um, the, the, I didn't know that, but I'm happy to learn the, that. The uh, Policia comp from the early 2000s. I was a bunch of emo bands. And Rachel didn't know this, which I'm really disappointed by. I was he, I was out of emo by 2005. Whatever. I think it was out before that. Oh, but we need Hussie on here. She would love it. No, when, since when have we trusted Wikipedia or anything? <laughs> we quote Wikipedia all the time. Yeah. But you're right. So, Allison Hussie probably listens to so this So it's like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it holds up well generally, but it's like all the bands of that era, like Under Oath. Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy. Motion City Soundtrack. soundtrack. <laughs> Limbeck. Copeland, who I, I fucking love that band, so anything they do, I would appreciate. So, like, all these cover versions are what I knew. I mean, I knew for some of them, like, Roxanne, that Fall Out Boy does the original, but, like, Under Us wrapped around my finger was like, oh, cool, this is a cool song, and I listened to the original, I'm like, hmm, that's boring. I'm gonna go back to the one with lots of screaming. <laughs> okay, so what, like, pop punk emo band should cover I'm So Happy? Um, all yeah. of them. From the, like, mid-aughts, early-aughts? Yeah, sure. Interesting. If someone were to do a tribute to Sting, and it has all It only of- needs to be one track for me, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, there's enough solo Sting stuff out there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I really think Fall Out Boy would do a good job. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Have you considered covering the song? No, I haven't, because... Why I not? I don't think I could do it justice. Oh. <laughs> 
you know, Sting, <sighs> if you look on YouTube, like during his tour after this, would bring up someone on stage, like sing with them. I read about yes. that. Yeah, um, the video's great. Well, there, there, there's yeah, one great. dude, <laughs> I believe Ross is his name, who's really into it, and he's great. I mean, I'd be glad, you know, just let me know. I can be planning the audience and be like, oh, this guy, I might know you it. You know what? We are playing a gig that we do not have enough material for, so <laughs> I'm going to run this by the band. You we'll see do how it. it goes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Making Very things cool. happen. Yeah. So you talked about, we kind of got away from this really quickly, but like this being your gateway into 90s country. Mm-hmm. What was song number two? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only very recently did I start listening to like Cheryl Crow. Stop. Wait, that doesn't count. <laughs> Why is that? I wouldn't call her country. No. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm not judging you for calling. Go ahead and edit that out. No, that's all right. I think someone asked that before. They're like, would you consider maybe Al Rig said the Cheryl Crow song? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't you, Al. Sorry, she, it's just not. She's. Um, <laughs> I would Al. consider her like country adjacent. Okay. You know, like, uh, I think that we've even mentioned, like, Tom Petty has some songs that sound mm. kind of country-ish. But not, yeah. But he's not, not a country, but it was, like, Americana. Interesting. Country yeah. adjacent. Yeah. Yeah, not... not so, I, I, I mean, I don't think that you're completely mm-hmm. out in left field by saying that she's country, but... He grew up in Miami. we got to give him some slack here. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. As far as, like, my understanding of 90s country's music, Uh I'm so happy I can't stop crying. Okay. We're going to make a playlist that you have to listen to. I'm happy to. No Um, Sheryl Crow. No, Sheryl Crow will not be on there. Totally. Um, I don't want to be a poser. Joe Diffie will. Uh, Alan Jackson will. (laughs) Yeah. Shania Twain. Alan Jackson is one of the guys that would come on often in the Mm -hmm. van with Mando. Yeah. yeah, I feel like if you get one or two of those songs and just like let YouTube autoplay happen, yeah. Yeah. you'll be in good shape. Happy to. That needs to happen. And you are so smart about music. I would love for you to do a deep dive and then come back and like actually explain the music to us. Oh man, I would love to do that. Just a nerd episode? Alex, yeah. yeah <laughs> Alex did that a little bit. Uh, yeah. We had Alex mm-hmm. Bingham on an episode mm-hmm. and he's also very smart about music and kind oh, yeah. of dove in really deep to the stuff that Spencer and I just... Well, you were talking about the production on this song. I mean, it's it's just like... it's Like I said, I think we were talking about this earlier. It sounds like uh, a lot of the stuff that came like immediately before this tune and a lot of stuff that I would not... Like a lot of tones that I wouldn't really associate with country music. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a lot of like chorus on the tune, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And there's just... There are a lot of super country elements to it, but it's also the general ambience of the song. I, unless I heard those licks, you know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, this is obviously a country yeah, tune. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like the drum sound on there. It's also like that vocal double that he's got on there. There's like right. a really loose kind of... De- that's like a pretty... And also some of those like melodic and harmonic moves, like they mm-hmm. modulate the choruses a little bit. They reharmonize the second chorus and then they gear shift up at the end and it's just... It's super cool. It's not something that I generally associate with country music. Well, yeah, so I, mean, I don't know what any of that means. But, <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that in, in 90s country, there's kind of a split between people that play, I guess, what would be considered more traditional country. Mm-hmm. Folks like Alan Jackson, Clint Black. That sounds, it's like a throwback to like 50s style country. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, you have ramped up production where you're getting more synthesizer type mm-hmm. sounds, more, almost more poppy. Mm-hmm. And so you're starting to, you start to get that a little bit in the later time with like your Shania Twain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I want you to listen to 
all of 90s country. Uh, all of it. Okay. All of it. Sure. From the playlist is going to be 2,000 Yes. No, more than that. <laughs> and then come back and do what you just did, but about okay. other songs. Great. I yeah. will. I will. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Oh, no. I think it'll be great. It might even help legitimize this podcast. <laughs> Oh my god! Definitely. I'm just gonna get a bunch of like engineers listening to That's this. That's fine. It's <laughs> listeners. I don't care. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. <laughs> mm. So, '90s country has influenced music deeply that you yeah, play. Yeah, I would say I'm a pretty profound listener of '90s country, <laughs> and I don't think I'd be the musician I am today without it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, on your album that just came out, mm-hmm. what would you say were some influences on that? Uh, there's a tune called I'm So Happy I Can't Stop Crying. <laughs> I wish that was true, you liar. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, no, it's pretty far from that, actually. <laughs> I would say two pretty profound influences were Arthur Russell and Bill Callahan. Okay. Just mm-hmm. two, two guys that I really regularly listen to. And so Alex, who you just mentioned, and mm-hmm. I kind of... Alex and my dear friend Gabe and I, all the three of us sort of co-produced this record, and we really dove into a lot of music that Alex introduced me to. Mm-hmm. There's some new stuff, some old stuff, an artist called Bedouin, or Bedouin, I don't know how you say her name, really, but a mm-hmm. uh, yeah. newer person, and then I feel like... I'm on the spot. I have a are hard there, time. Are there any like Iranian country influences on there? Like yeah. I assume it's a big, it's, you know, next to Miami, like another big hotbed. Yeah, God, it's so funny. I was just talking to somebody about. I was reading about how Iran has a really thriving underground music community, but yeah. they're sort of, you know, within the last few years, they've just started discovering like a lot of strands of electronic music. Mm-hmm. And they're a little bit behind, but you can't blame them. I mean, it's. Well, so, I I mean, maybe they would be into 90s country. I was going to say, yeah. It might be only a few moments away from like a new Iranian (laughs) genre of music. I actually, this is incredible. I wonder if the listeners might be interested in looking this up, but I've never looked up like Middle Eastern country music. Because, like, you know, I mean, what what does country music mean in the context of a different place? Right. You know? But uh, I'm wondering if there's like an American vein of Middle Eastern country music. I mean, we definitely see that in Europe. Oh, yeah. Friends of ours who tour, they mm-hmm. talk about what a huge following there is, especially mm-hmm. in like Germany for some reason. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're some of that that European music. It's sort of like the genesis of it and the way that it's performed and sort of like the musical language of it is very similar to most American music. Mm-hmm. But these other parts of the world, I mean, their entire musical vocabulary right, is right. so different that right. I'm like, what? How would it even sound? Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I guess I should mention, I don't know if we mentioned before, that you were born in Iran mm-hmm. and lived there for the first two years. So that's why. And then just pull that out of my ass. I mean, nope. kind of did. But <laughs> yeah. there was some relevance there. Yeah. But also, yeah. Totally. What if, if the listeners didn't see me and I was just white? And you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, there's a lot of white people on this podcast, yeah. generally. So, you yes. know, they wouldn't yeah. be wrong to yeah. assume that. Yeah, right. So, you know. Yeah. Saman Kajinian. <laughs> True. <laughs> good, right. good, good, yeah. good point. Good point. Okay. People can change their names, you know. It happens. I don't know. I just did a Google search, and there is a guy who is Muslim American, and he's a country musician, and he talks about touring in Syria. Interesting. And the response that he's gotten. I've never heard of him, so it's maybe not anybody that's huge, but... Seems like it might be happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd be really interested. Yeah, to see I'd watch. I watched some video of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, all it's, right. It's also like some of the possibilities for the instrumentation there are so wildly oh, different. Oh yeah, like whoa. You know, I mean, 
you hear the pedal steel in a lot of like country music and mm-hmm. I wonder what the equivalent in that world might be. Right. I'd be interested to hear it. Yeah, I mean, when I was in Vietnam recently and we were at this performance and they were using a lot of traditional folk instrumentation there, a lot of it sounded similar or like just a little bit off from like traditional Appalachian mm-hmm. instruments, mm-hmm. you know, which obviously ties a lot in the country. So then like mm-hmm. I could see in other cultures there being like, you know, not quite the same sound, but mm-hmm. things they could adapt into it, which would be really interesting to hear. Yeah, so. agreed. That would be cool. Well, if people are interested in hearing your music, mm-hmm. Saman, yep. when coming up can they do that? Well, obviously anytime you want on Spotify <laughs> or Apple Music or Amazon or whatever. You don't have to wait any longer than right now. You can just stop listening to this and go on to Spotify. And um, it's T-Gold that we're searching T-Gold, for. T-Gold, that's right. Mm-hmm. T.Gold, which originally the name was Turkish Gold Standard, which was named after the cigarette, Turkish Gold. Mm-hmm. And then... Gabe, the guy that I mentioned earlier, was like, I don't think our band should be named after a cigarette. <laughs> I said, I agree. And so we changed it to T-Gold. But we do have a few gigs coming up. We're doing the Saturdays and Sex Paw series, which is the farmer's market that happens just outside of the Harvard Ballroom. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fun little set. That's the one that I was talking about. Maybe we're going to learn. I'm so happy I can't stop crying yeah. for. We have Shit, some time. I, I, I we... drive all the way out to Saks Yeah, that's that. worth a drive. I'm sure we can put it together. Yeah, we'll work something out. Maybe we'll get you guys on stage. All right. Yeah. yeah. We got that. And then the next, we're playing Hopscotch in the beginning of September. That'll be a good one. Opening for the Dead Tongues. That'll be a good time. Where's that at? The Poor House. Okay. And that's on Friday, September 10th. Oh, yeah. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, we're going to send you a, a list of songs to listen to. I would love to. Take love copious to. notes. And yeah, get that's actually going to happen, just so you know. No, no, no. Seriously. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that group text should be like, videos dumped in. <laughs> okay, yeah, just one after another, I guess. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I don't know if any other videos quite compare to the Sting one. Right, you don't have to watch the videos. Just well, just easy way to. I don't know if we mentioned this while it was recording, but there is another Sting video. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's pretty out there. Brand New Day. Mm-hmm. Same of the tune. It's not a country tune. It's not a 90s country tune, but it's just a bonkers video if you want to see it. He, he has that as a thing. Yeah. I'll take this moment to plug our Spotify playlist as a place where Simon, you or anybody else can check out the awesome okay. 90s country music that we talk about on here. That's good to know. And the random other songs. And we have a second playlist that's like the random shit that it has nothing to do with country. So we'll probably drop some of the Sting or the police covers. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, we don't need to subject people to that. Why not? I want to hear Under Oath do it so bad. Oh, my God. That's going on the playlist. And outro music. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to make that decision for this episode. (laughs) Okay, well, so Spencer (laughs) says this is over, so... Goodbye. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining Thank us you. today. My pleasure. Thank yes. you. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye, Mom. Love you. <laughs> Never change. <laughs> You'll be wrapped around my face.